Good morning, my friends. This is podcast number 494. We're in the book of Revelation, and uh, this is for Wednesday, the 2nd of March. We are closing in on podcast number 500, and I appreciate all of you that are with us and check in once in a while. I know that, you know, my voice probably gets a little tiresome and wearisome, so you need to check back in and and go to other things, and and I encourage you to listen to other podcasts. There's some great ones out there. Kessid Church, it's got a great podcast. Uh, Crossroads with Danny uh, Fusco, Daniel Fusco. You should you can never go wrong there. Uh, Jack Hibbs, I recommend. Um, he's great. Uh, David Jeremiah, Chuck Swindoll is always amazing. There's some fabulous podcasts out there, and so uh, I, I just appreciate the fact that I get to be one voice. Um, in your lives. So grab your Bibles, grab your books, go to Revelation. Still working on my voice. Um, my naturopath believes I've got some kind of an allergy and uh, it might be just because we're in the Pacific Northwest. And so uh, be praying for my voice, if you would, that'd be great. Um, let me pray for us. So Lord, I ask you to open our eyes and enhance our understanding so that we can grasp what you want us to learn today. I also ask you to enable us by your spirit to apply the truths we learn to our daily lives and to be guided moment by moment by your word in Jesus name we pray. Thank you, Lord, for that. Let's look at our memory verse. I got a brand new Bible. It is the same Bible that that I use. Um, It is the Systematic Theology Study Bible from Crossway. It's the ESV version. I love the ESV. And my other Bible was getting so marked up uh, that I couldn't even hardly tell where the verses uh, began and ended. So I'm trying to be careful with this one, use it for the podcast so that I can actually read it. So uh, let's read our memory verse. Blessed is the one, and you can read this with me and read it out loud to yourself. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it for the time is near. I love that being in the book of Revelation is a guaranteed um, blessing. It's a promise that God gives us that as we read it and as we read it aloud and as we hear it read aloud. And then as we keep it, that's the key, right? We don't want to, James talks about being doers of the word, not just being hearers or readers even. So uh, in verse 17, Revelation 1, 17 through 18 is what we're looking at today. When I saw him, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> when John saw Christ, I fell at his feet as though dead. He wasn't dead, but as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. And the three promises here our promises not just to John, but to you and I. And we can look at these three that Jesus listed as reasons not to fear. The circumstance was overwhelming for John. He saw the risen Christ in his glory. Now, he saw the risen Christ before, um, but now Jesus has gone back to the Father. He's glorified. He's I mean, the the vision of him is beautiful. It's immense. And again, it was overwhelming to John, so much so that he fell at his feet as though dead. And Jesus reaches down. Yeah, You know, earlier we saw that Jesus had the stars in his right hand. And now we see that he takes his right hand and lays it on his servant, 
um, John. So let's look at the three reasons why he tells him not to fear. And these are reasons for you and I not to fear as well. Number one, he says, I'm the first and the last. This is a title given only to God. This is important for us to understand. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 44. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 6. I love the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 44, 6 says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer of the Lord of hosts, I am the first and the last. Besides me, there is no God. So for Jesus to say this, it was not incidental. It was um, intentional. It was to remind John of who he is, of who Jesus is. And Jesus is the first and the last, meaning that he is God, very God, as the Nicene Creed says. He is God, very God. He is not an offshoot. He is not a secondary. He is equal, co-equal with God. Look at Revelation chapter um, 2 and verse 8. Flip a page, Revelation 2, verse 8. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, again, I believe the angels here are the pastors, uh, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. Jesus says, I'm the first and last. I died and I came to life. Look at Revelation 22 and verse 13. Revelation 22 and verse 13. I'm circling these verses in my Bible, so I'm already writing in the new Bible, but I'll, I'll do my best to be neat so I can continue to read it. Um, the subheading in here in, in uh, Revelation 22 says Jesus is coming. And it says this in verse 13 of chapter 22, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So Jesus is telling us exactly who he is. Now turn back to John. I wasn't going to um, have this scripture in here today, but it just seems to fit so well. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him uh, was not anything made that was. made. Jesus Christ uh, here being proclaimed by John as being the Word that was with God, the word was God, and he was in the beginning. He didn't, he didn't um, come on the scene, and that was his first day when he was, you know, he was in the, in the womb of his mother Mary. And Jesus always has been and always will be. He's the first and the last. Remember the Greek alphabet, the Alpha and Omega, but he's the first and the last. He always was and he always will be, will be. And Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So these were titles given to God, but also given to Jesus, meaning that Jesus was co-equal with Christ. So we don't have to fear because our Savior who was alive is, or uh, who was dead is still, is still alive. Our Savior was always there, and he always will be. Second of all, he calls himself the living one. Let's look at John chapter 2. John chapter 2. I was there and I flipped the page. John chapter 2, verse 18. Jesus uh, cleanses the temple. They're asking for an answer of who he is and what sign he will give. And it says, so the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? They, they were 
Uh, Paul said the Jews are always looking for a sign, and the Greeks are always looking for wisdom. The Jews are looking for a sign. That's the way that they were programmed. What sign do you show us for doing these things? You've overturned the temple, and you're talking about it with authority, and we want to know what sign you... You're going to show us. And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise him up. Now, remember, this is the, this is one of the statements that got him in trouble. Verse 20, the Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days. You can't blame them for being confused. You and I would have been probably confused as well. Because they were, he would just cleanse the temple. They're standing looking at the temple. And he said, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. Wait a minute. It took 46 years to build this. Verse 21. But he was speaking about, <coughs> excuse me, the temple of his body. When, therefore, he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. And they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus had spoken. I'm going to give you a sign. And that sign is you're going to destroy this temple. Even though it's, it's my willingness and my sacrifice, I'm laying down my life, you're going to destroy this temple in three days. I'm going to raise it up. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 34. Romans eight thirty four. we're talking in context about God's everlasting love and the price that God paid by giving us his son and says, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. The completed work of our salvation was done while Jesus was on this earth. And then the, uh, the Bible says here that he came back to death. God raised him from the dead. And now he sits at the right hand of God, which is the right hand of power and authority and he makes intercession for you and for me. Turn to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. New pages, tough to turn, but I love my new Bible. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, Long ago and many times, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. This verse gives me so much hope because God just didn't speak one way. Because all of us are different. We're wired differently, right? Some of us are visual. So Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. All of it, the beauty and the majesty. Some of us are wordy, so we like to read. So God uh, put his uh, word on print. Um, God does signs, he does wonders, he does miraculous things. He's, he deals with us in exactly the way that we need to deal. So this gives me great hope. Verse 2, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So he's spoken all of these ways, but now when Jesus came, it, it, it began the moment called the last days. And uh, now he's spoken to us by his son, verbally and on page, whom he appointed the heir of all things, uh, through whom also he created the world. Don't miss that. 
He appointed him over all things, but through Christ, all things were created. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He still upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, remember he offered the sacrifice. He's the high priest who offers the sacrifice, and he's also the sacrifice. Then he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus' work was completed. The high priest never sat down, but Jesus sat down, meaning that that portion of the work was completed, his sacrifice for our sins. But now the Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for you and I. So he's still alive and well and in charge. He's still sovereign. He's still in control. Verse 5 of Revelation chapter 1. Remember, in the greeting here, we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Third, we see the uh, Jesus here um, in this order. And it says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler, present tense, of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. It goes on to do more, but we're talking about the reasons not to fear. John, you don't have to be afraid as he placed his right hand upon him and, and in a sense just picks him up and says, you don't have to be afraid because number one, I'm the first and the last. And number two, I'm the one who was dead and is still alive. And then 30, he says, um, verse 18, I'm the living one, died and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Having the keys means you're in charge. You have the authority. So what does he have the authority of? He has the authority of death and Hades. Let me look at our, um, uh, it's a book called uh, Christ-Centered Exposition. And it says this about uh, these, this, this verse. It says, Hades is similar to the Old Testament Sheol, meaning the grave, the place of all the dead, all the dead, or, as it is used in Revelation, the place of the wicked dead. Death claims the body. Listen to this, it's twofold. Death claims the body, so that's the grave. Hades claims the soul, but not unless Jesus said so. And he has the keys, he has the authority. Jesus holds the keys of both places, death and Hades. He alone opens and closes this door. This should give us great uh, peace. Because we know that he's in control of just not just the living, but he's in control of those who die. No one dies. Listen to this. No one dies without Jesus knowing it, without Jesus knowing it. And so we need to understand that he's in full control of, of not just the dead or the living, but also the dead. Turn to John chapter five, John chapter five and verse 21. John chapter 5 and verse 21 says this, For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has uh, eternal life. He does not come into judgment, 
but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here where the when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. That term, remember, used 81 times talking about our Savior Jesus Christ and, and hearkening back to Daniel chapter 7 and verse 13. So the, the Father has given the Son authority. The Father has given the Son the ability to give life. And so that should encourage us. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 54 says this when talking about this mystery and this victory of, of life after death. When the perishable, that's our body, puts on imperishable, that's the glorified body, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall uh, come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear the grave. We don't have to fear that we'll never see our loved ones again. What we need to, to realize is that Jesus is in control. And, and we need to be sharing that with others. We need to be ministering to people. We need to be evangelistic. Revel the book of Revelation should cause us to be the greatest evangelist there is. Because we don't want people to be separated from Christ for eternity or from us Let's just be selfish. We don't want people to be separated from us for eternity. And if we know that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, our sins are forgiven, we know where we're headed. Do we know where our family and friends are headed? And do we care enough to tell them about Jesus Christ? Turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 it says, Since therefore the children, you and I, share in flesh and blood, he himself Likewise partook of the same things, meaning flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all th those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong sa slavery. The fear of death grips so many people. But you and I in Christ don't have to fear death anymore. We don't have to be concerned about it anymore. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8. And again, we don't have to be concerned if our lives are hidden in Christ. And that happens when we believe in Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us. Paul talking about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8, talking about our heavenly dwelling. He says this, yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Paul says to be outside of this body is not to be laid in a grave your body goes to the grave, but your soul does not. Your soul lives forever. And, and Paul says, we know this and we are of good courage. What's our good courage? The fact that we know to be absent from this body is to be at home with the Lord. Look at Revelation chapter 20, 12 through 15. We'll get ready to wrap this up. It says this, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were open. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what had been done. And the sea gave up the dead where 
who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. There is judgment coming. We can't stop it, but we can control where we spend eternity by giving our lives to Christ. And because of that, we can share with others. So let me summarize this. So we do not need to fear time because he is the first and the last. We do not need to fear life for he is alive forevermore. We do not need to fear death because he holds the keys to the grave and to death. Let me close in prayer in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. God bless you until we talk again.